Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshinai and Tess, uh, as we get into the Hanukkah spirit as well. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, mostly about the Parsha, and hopefully we'll have one or two thoughts towards the end about uh, Hanukkah as we, as we always do. There is a Rashbam on this week's Parsha that we have referred to, but I don't think we've ever done it inside. Uh, so here it is, the beginning of Parshas Vayeshev, where the Rashbam comments on the second Pasuk of the Parsha. Torah tells us, Vayeshev Yaakov Be'eretz Mugurei Aviv Be'eretz Kenan. Yaakov lives in the place where his father had lived, right? He's back. Last week he came back. Uh, meets Esav, lives in Canaan. And now the Torah starts off, Ela Toldos Yaakov. These are the Toldos of Yaakov. And what are the Toldos of Yaakov? Yosef ben Shvasve Shana. Yosef is 17 years old when he was shepherding the tzon. Vuhunar. And we have the whole story. So what exactly is that introductory phrase meant to teach us? Ela Toldos Yaakov. How are we supposed to understand that? So Rashi says, Ela todos Yaakov, the Ela shall todos Yaakov, Ela Yishuvehem, the Gilgulehem, Ad Shebo Lechlal Yishuv. These are the occurrences and the Gilgulim, and from this to that to this, Ad Shebo Lechlal Yishuv. Sibari Shona, it all started, Yosef and Shvas Reishana. Yosef is 17 years old, Al Yedezen is Galgalu Viyardil Mitzrayim. So, Ze'achar, Yishuv Pshuto Shel Mikra, Leo's Davar, Davur, Awafnav. Hard phrase to translate. Rashi's emphasizing that this is Pshuto Shel Mikra. We're not going to get into right now what does that mean, Davar, Davur, Awafnav, based on context. But Rashi says this is the Pshat, Toldos Yaakov. Meaning, what is Rashi trying to say? That Toldos usually does not mean occurrences or events. Ela Toldos, right, we have... Earlier in the Torah, toldo sometimes means offspring, right? Laholid tolda. Rashi here is saying this is the pshat. Elu yishuvei magigulei matshavolah al yishuv. Sibarishino. It starts with Yosef Atzadik, and then Rashi quotes Medrash Agada Doresh. What's the Agada? Rashi is noting that there are two levels: pshat and drash. Doresh. Rashi says tola hakasav toldos Yaakov beYosef beprekamadvarim. The toldos of Yaakov are connected to Yosef because there are a lot of parallels and connections between Yaakov and Yosef. Achas. Yaakov's whole original kavana to work for Lavan was for Rachel. And they looked alike. And there are so many parallels between the life of Yaakov and the life of Yosef. Rashi quotes some, the Medrash has even more. They were both hated. Yosef was hated by his brothers. Yaakov was hated by his brother. Right? Yosef's brothers were thinking of killing him. Yaakov's brother was trying to kill him. Fine. And then he quotes, And there's another drasha. Okay. This is Rashi, the pshat, and the drash. Now we see Rashi's grandson, the Rashbam. Says the Rashbam at the beginning of Parshas Vayeshev, uh, one of his ma'amarim, one of his essays, where he defines really what his what his commentary is all about. Says the Rashbam, Ela told us Yaakov, and and we're not going to do it this year, but we've discussed in previous years the pshat of the Rashbam in the whole story of Sefer Vayeshev, where he describes that if you look closely at the psukim, the brothers didn't sell Yosef; they indirectly caused him to be sold. They put him in the pit, but if you look very closely, you could very easily read the psukim as, they threw him in the pit, they went to eat, Yishmaelim came by, they, the they, who's the they? 
So they, according to Chazal, according to Rashi, others, they are the brothers went back and picked them up and sold them. But the previous pronouns in the Torah are the Yishma'elim and the Midyanim. And the Rashbam says, they went to eat. Some other Arab nation, Arab people picked him up, found him, sold him, and the brothers came back, where is he? So they didn't even need, even know. That's the pshuto shalasvam. So introducing that, interestingly, this is where the Rashbam says his thesis. Says the Rashbam, Eila told us Yaakov, Yaskilu v'yavinu, source number one. Yaskilu v'yavinu ohave seichel. Listen up, those who love seichel. Intellect, logic. Mashalim dunu raboseinu. Ki'ein ha-mikra yotzimidei pshuto. Mikra is never yotzimidei pshuto. That doesn't mean that there aren't many levels of interpretation. Of course there are. The Rastram doesn't argue with Chazal. But at least the pshat is significant. Av ki ikarashal Torah. Even though the ikar of the Torah. Ba'as l'lamdeinu. Ulahodienu. Biremizos hapshat ha-agados va'alachos va'hadinim. Even though, yes, the Iker of the Torah is the Torah Shabbat Peh and the Halacha and everything we learn about the Drashas Chazal, Al Yedei Arichus Halashon, whether you have an extra word, Vayedei Shloshim Mishtayim Midos Shal Rebbe Lazar Vadosh Rebbe Glili, the 32 Midos, Vayedei Shloshim Mishtayim Midos Rebbe Yishmael, right, the Yud Gimel Midos. Yes, of course, the Limudim and the Drashas and I agree with all of that. And that is the Iker as he calls it. That's the Ikar Torah. Right? Nobody should say anything about the Rashbam. There are those that say, oh, the Rashbam was a Pashto when he thought of Chazal. He says right here, the Iker Shal Torah is the Drushus and the Torah Shabal Peh. Verishonim, but the early ones, Mitocha Sidusam, Nisasku Lintos Acharea Drushos Shehein Iker. The early commentaries went after the Drushos, which are Iker. But, Umitochach Lo Hergalu Baomek Shomikra. But they didn't focus on the pshat. And that's also important. When the Torah says something in a certain way, yes, the depth, the extra, the ramazim are what we learn halacha from. But it's also important to understand the pshat. And many, he says, have gone away from the pshat because they're so influenced by the drasha. Because the Gemara says, in Meseches, brachos, al-tabru b'nechem b'higayon, different pshat than what that means. V'gam amru, ha-osik b'mikra, mida ve'ena mida, ha-osik b'talmud, e'lom b'cha mida g'dola mizu. There are chazals that seem to push away from just learning pshat, mitokach, lo-hergelu kolkach, b'pshud n'shal mikros. And that is why it hasn't been focused on. But that's wrong, says the Rashbam. You have to also focus on pshat. And that's what he quotes now, famous line, V'gab Rabbeinu Shlomo, Avi Imi, my grandfather, Rashi, my mother's father, Rashi had no sons. My mother's father, says the Rashbam, Meir Ene Gola. Right, we usually think of Meir Ene Gola as Rabbeinu Gershom. Rabbeinu Gershom was called Rabbeinu Gershom Ma'or Hagola. But here the Rashbam calls his own grandfather, Rashi, as the Ma'or, the light Lighting up the eyes of all of the Jews in the diaspora. Shapirish Torah and Aviyah Muksuvim. Natan Lefarish Pshuto Shamikra. He was, he was Pshat. Rashi, as Rashi says in the beginning of our Parshas, we just read it. Rashi is focused on Pshat. But says the Rashbam, not close enough to Pshat as I would have liked. I argued with my grandfather. Ulefanov and in front of him. Vahodeli and he admitted to me, Shi'ilu Hayalopnai, if he had more time, if he could do it again, Hayatsarach Lasos Pirushim Acherim, Lafiya Pashtus Hamishadshim Bakalyom. He would have written certain parts of his commentary again closer to the Pshat. That's what he had told his grandson the Rashbam. Pashtus Hamishadshim Bakalyom, interesting, what does that mean? 
What does that mean? So with that introduction, Dafki here in Vayeshev, he says, now let me tell you what I, what I think the Pasuk means of Eila Toldos. Eila Toldos Yaakov. Eila Mikros Uma Oraos Sheiru Liyakov. These are the Psukim and the events that happened to Yaakov. Vihine Zehevelu. I think that's nonsense, literally. I don't think that's the Pshat of Toldos Yaakov in this case. What does Toldos mean in Tanakh? Sometimes it means children. Sometimes it means descendants. Right? Children or grandchildren or descendants. That's what Toldos means. Toldos Noach. And then it says, Toldos means offspring, says the Rashbam. So you have to figure out how it means offspring in this context. Don't change what the word means. Toldos means events. Events aren't Toldos, says the Rashbam, according to the Pshah. Look at many other places in, in uh, the Torah. And Tanakh. So says the Rashbam, let me explain how it means toldos even here. Even here, I have to give you many other examples of what toldos means in the Torah, and it always means uh, offspring, so I'll go to line 15. I agree with Rashi that this phrase of Eilat toldos Yaakov is a title for the next couple of prakim in the Torah. That's true. But Rashi says, Eilat toldos Yaakov, these are the events that happened to Yaakov and... It goes with Yosef being sold, and it's all the events that happen. It says Rashbam, it doesn't mean events. It's also talk the title, but Todos means offspring. This is how the offspring of Yaakov came to be 70 at the end of the story. Right? And Parshas Vayigash, we're going to get to 70 that go down to Mitzrayim. So this is how you get there, because Yosef's going to go to Mitzrayim, he's going to have two sons, they're going to be part, they're going to, those three are going to be Mashlam the 70. That's what Toldos means here. And how exactly they were born. And that's what the story of Yosef being sold, going to Mitzrayim, that's part of how Yosef builds a family. But it's all about the family. Yotolos means what Toldos always means. So Toldos means what we thought Toldos means, and the response says, always be honest to the Pshuto Shamikra. Again, it does not mean that we can, um, a tri- uh, take away, take away drash, take away halacha. But, you know, even when Chazal say something, so we're, sometimes it's not the pshat. So we could still ask, so what's the message of the pshat? We don't have to say it's literal, right? Last week's parsha, what Ruvain did with, with, uh, with Bilha's bed, right? Vayishkav and Chazal say it means he switched the beds. So yes, but why does the Pasuk formulate it as Vayishkav? We don't have to accept the Pshat, and we shouldn't because Chazal tell us not to accept the Pshat, but the fact that it's formulated in that way has to teach us something. Ayin tachazayin. Why does it say that if it doesn't mean it? Right? If it's not literally an eye for an eye. Right? David HaMelech, the Gemara in Shabbos, Kol Omer David Chata Right? So why does it seem that way? It's still formulated in a way that uh, is meant to teach us something, even though, of course, we have to have Torah Shabbat with us as well. But that's the Rashbam in the beginning of the Parsha. Okay. 
So what about the end of that Rashi that we didn't read? Let's get to that, the last part of that Rashi on Pasuk base. Va'o nidrash bova yeshev. Bikesh Yaakov leshev b'shalva. Yaakov wanted to relax a little bit. He's had a tough life if we think about it. Right? He had to deal with his brother Asa for a while. He ran away. He had to deal with Lavan for a while, the switching of the wives. He had to deal with Asa again on the way back. He hasn't had such an easy life. So he's back now in Eretz Canaan. Esau doesn't want to kill him anymore. And he wants to relax a little bit. Bikesh Yaakov Leishi B'Shalva. What happens? Hashem has other plans. Kafat alav rugzosho Yosef. Tzadikim evakshem Leishi B'Shalva. Tzadikim want to have Shalva. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lo dayam l'tzadikim. Hashem esukan l'en l'olom ha'ba. Elo shem evakshem Leishi B'Shalva ba'olom ha'zeh. Yaakov is not meant to be. It's not meant to be. What exactly is, is this, what does Shalva mean in this context, and what can we learn from this, from this message? So Rabbi Steinzaltz in the Chayi Olam, in his commentary on Chomish, source number two, first of all, makes a number of points. First of all, he points out that Yaakov Avinu was never ill. He was not sick. Right, sometimes we, Shalva means, um, you know, uh, feeling good. Feeling good and comfortable physically. Shalva, and that's what Shalva means. That's not what it means here. Because Yaakov was never ill. What the context here, Shalva is Shalva's Hanefesh. Which Yaakov hadn't had. Right? Emotional. Psychological. Just, just, uh, relaxing with a certain, you know, um, without worries, without tensions. Right? It's not, it's not, that's what Yaakov wanted. Shavas and Efesh. But you know what Hashem was telling him? And what just happened? It's not part of the divine plan. The, the Tana Rabbianai says this beferish. The Tana Rabbianai. Sha'anu line 13, lo ain biadenu. We can't understand, the Mishnah says in Perkeavos. We can't understand, and the Mishnah is saying a reality. Ain biadenu, lo mishalvas harishayim, velo miisuri hasadikim. Why tzadikim often have it difficult, and rishayim have it easy. Hu omer begalui va'ala shulchan, he says it on the table. Shal rishayim yishalva vala tzadikim yisurin. That yisurin tzadikim in chelik me'olamim. It's part of the world. It's part of their existence. As the Gemara says in Brachas, Elam Menucha, Lo Ba'olam Hazeh, Velo Ba'olam Haba. Olam Haba? Olam Haba nothing to do with, with, uh, worries and, um, but it's whatever it means. It's part of the essence of what righteous are. Hashem gives them challenges. Hashem puts them in different, uh, situations. Kshatzadik Rotzela Nuach. Hakadosh Baruch Hu ain't no ma'av sherlo. Shem often that's not it's not time for relaxing. That's not what this life. That's not what this life is for. Point number one. Point number two. Rabbi Shainzel says in the second line, the second column, they often many find shalva by connecting to Hashem. And no matter what's happening in the world, that connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu to religion that removes. Removes difficulties. Removes, at least makes them easier, so to speak. Puts them in a context. Right on the bottom right, he says it, and then he goes after, uh, continuing on the top left. 
בשביל אנשים רבים, עצם הבחירה בדרך של אמונה, נתפסת כבחירה בדרך של שווה ומנוחה. Right, it, it reminds us, connecting to Kodesh Baruch reminds us that there's a Bala Bira. And there's a reason for things that we can't understand it. And there's someone who's running the world. אנשים רבים יכולים לומר שהחיפוש אחר השלווה הוא זה שמביא אותם לכל כניסה לעולם של אמונה ויעדוס. Sometimes that itself is what brings them into Judaism and what brings them into closeness to Hashem. Because if we didn't believe in it, so then life would be so random and so confusing and so arbitrary sometimes. And yet if we believe in a system, capital S, and if we believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created and is mashgiach, then that removes a lot of the tension. And he says, I'll give you an example. We'll, when we connect to Hashem, there's no tension. Here's an example. Let's say, let's say somebody is, is, is addicted to smoking. He can't stop. Can't stop. But they're an Orthodox Jew. He can't go 15 minutes without, without smoking. Avo b'shabes. Often you find somebody, but he won't smoke on Shabbos. What happened? 25 hours. Could do it. And yet, during the week, you can't. Because when I'm connected to Hashem, it's out, it's out of my head. This is the reality that I'm in. I'll add in another example, maybe, that's wider ranging. Right? Somebody's on a diet. Somebody's on a diet, but there's ice cream in the freezer. And I really want the ice cream. It's very hard. It's my favorite flavor. You know, I want to take, I'll just take a little bit. Just a, one spoon. I won't even put it in a bowl. I'll just take one spoonful. How much could you fit on one spoon? Right? It's hard. And yet, if we're flashic, we, we won't think about it. What, what's the difference? Because, says Rabbi Steinsels, when we're connected, we have Shalvas Hanefesh. There's no taiva for it. It's not in my reality. And he quotes, as many, some of you might be thinking, he quotes the Eben Ezra on Losachmod. The Eben Ezra on Losachmod in Yisrael. Right? He gives the marshal. How could we have not violate Losachmod, not to covet? He says, if the princess is traveling through the countryside on the wagon, and the villagers are looking out and they see the princess on this fancy wagon, they've never seen her before, do they really have a Havamina that they would ever marry the princess? Do they have a taiva? No, they have no. It's not in reality. If they're part of the nobility, yes, but they're just part of the regular, you know, lower class citizens. There's no havamina. They don't have a rutzone to marry this princess. So that's all because it's out of their reality. So often we, we can get more shalva by connecting, by connecting more to Baruch. Point number three. Point number three, fascinating. Turning the page. Turning the page. So we have a lot, as we said before, that a lot of tzaddikim and a lot of uh, tzaddik, right? there seems to be difficulties. But he says, as we look through the world, and he says, let's look through the Gemara. In the Gemara, there are a lot of questions. It seems to be there are more, more questions than answers in the Gemara. And that's probably true. Because there are many questions in the Gemara that go unanswered, right? Sometimes teku, but sometimes the Gemara just doesn't answer the question. It tries to bring a proof this way, that way, and then just ends. And we're left to figure out, okay, what the halacha is. But the Gemara is filled with questions. The Gemara is a reflection of life, right? And that is, the Gemara doesn't have shalva. The Gemara is often left with difficulties. 
He says on line 22, The Gemara lives more on kashas than on terrets. And then he quotes, fascinating. In Judaism, in Hebrew or in Aramaic, there are many different words that mean question. Just in the Gemara. There's a Gemara, there's Eisve, there's Meisve, there's Raminhu, there's Kasha, there's Tufta. There are many, many words. That can mean, why there's so many words that mean question? Okay, each one of them is a little different from a Mishnah, from a Brisa, a Stira, little differences. But what does that reflect? What does it reflect that there's so many words? There's no other language that has more words that mean question. He says, you know why? Let me give you another example. To Eskimos, there are 20 words that mean snow. Thick snow, thin snow, heavy snow, wet snow, hard snow. We have one word, snow. Snow, ice, sleet. Okay, they're all a little different, but that's it. Eskimos have 20 words. Because that's the mahus. That's what they're about. Italians have 20 words that mean pasta. Right, all different types of pasta. Because that's the mahus. That's what they're about. Right? Other languages. English, a lot of words that mean love. A lot of words that mean, depending on the language, whatever there's a lot of words of. Yadus has a lot of questions. A lot of questions. A lot of non-shalva. But that's part of life. That's part of life, says Rev. Rev Steinsaltz. Vizello Pella. Right? He quotes all the, the, the Eskimo mushal. I once heard, it's also the same thing. There's another thing that Judaism has a lot of. A lot of words that means praise God. A lot of words. You ever listen to Kaddish? All of those words. They're really similar. They're really similar. Right? That means praise Hashem. Yishtabach. Look in Yishtabach. So many words. Because that's also part of our essence. So many words. Praise, thank. They're all... But that's what life's about. And then he quotes again something fascinating. What the Rambam write in is in the Hakdama to his Sefer, right? And he got and he got into trouble by some of the other Rishonim about this. The Rambam said, "Just read the the Chumash, go through Torah Shemalpeh once, but then just read my Sefer. Then you won't have any kashas. If you read my Sefer, you won't have any kashas." And the, everybody was very upset about the Rambam a hundred years later. Guess what? We took the Rambam and we have more kashas on the Rambam than any other Rishon in the world. Exactly what the Rambam didn't want. But that's, that's what we're about. We take the Rambam who thought that he was smoothing everything out, and what do we do after we look in the Gemara? How does the Rambam read the Gemara? And we spend so much time figuring out what's the shot of the Rambam. Exactly the opposite. Unbelievable. Ha'uvda, line 49. Shani Zel lo'ala yafe. Ha'rambam ba'atzmo. He quotes on the top left now. Masha'asu Yisrael kedoshim la'arambam hudavar. Instead of the Rambam, people looking at the Rambam, okay, now let me just get to the Maskana, let me read the Rambam. 
No, the Rambam is the starting point. Amazing. Because that's what, that's what we live. That's part of us. No, life's about kashas. In Torah, life's about kashas sometimes in life. And, and, and we keep the focus. And we keep connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what he says at the end. He says that's what we just have to keep going. With the spakas and with the kashas. Uh, that's what, that's what life's about. Okay. He continues, but we'll, uh, we'll move on from, uh, we'll move on from there. I once heard, uh, uh an, an amazing insight just related to this. I'll mention it. We know that the Rambam has no sekalem on him, on the Sefer, right? The, the Kasef Mishnah, the Magen Mishnah, the Lecha Mishnah, they're all on the Rambam. The Shulchan Aruch also has no sekalem. The Shulchan Aruch, on Aruch, on, on Aruchai, in the Magen Avram and the Taz, on Yoradea, the Shach and the Taz. But if we think about what the no sekalem, what does the purpose serve in the Rambam in contrast to the Shulchan Aruch? And the Shulchan Aruch, the Nosei Kalim are radiating out. The Shulchan Aruch says the halacha, and the Nosei Kalim kind of are mosif and add on in general to the Shulchan Aruch. On the Rambam, the Nosei Kalim are radiating in. The Magen, Magen Mishnah, the Lechem. What's the pshat of the Rambam? What's the source of the Rambam? They're radiating in, trying to figure out the Rambam. That's generally most of the time what the Nosei Kalim do in the contrast between the purpose of the Rambam's Nosekelem and the Shulchan Aruch's Nosekelem. Just related to what Rabbi Steinjaltz was just saying. Okay, moving right along. So, go to the next Pasuk. What happens? Yosef is loved by Yaakov. The Yisrael Lahavas Yosef Mikal Banav. Ki Ben Zukunim Mulawi is his Ben Zukunim. What does Ben Zukunim mean? We've touched on that also in past, right? Usually Ben Zukunim we understand to mean, oh, the child he had in his old age. Right? Usually we call the youngest child, ah, oh, the Ben Zukunim. The Ben Zukunim. But here we know that's a little difficult because there was a child younger than him. So why would Yosef be called the Ben Zukunim? Binyamin was the Ben Zukunim. So that's why there are many other pshatim given to what Ben Zukunim. Rashi quotes, Shinola lo nuso, but it's a little difficult. Uncle says, Ben Zakudim, he was the wise son. Zakin en me'alash misha And he quotes, Kol ma'ashalam an mishem ve'ever, masarlo, whatever he learned from Sheva Ever, he gave him. We spoke a number of years ago about the Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky on that Rashi in his important shot. But here we'll just do one line. The Balaturim. The Balaturim says, you know what Zakunim stands for? Source number five quotes the Balaturim. Just one line, so I'll give it to you in the quote. It stands for five of the Shisha Sadarim of Mishnah. And that's what maybe he taught him. Right? Zikunim. Zraim, Kadshim, Nashim, Yeshuos, which is the word in Shabbos Lamad Aleph that refers to Nazikin, and Mem Moed. So you have the five Sadarim. That's all the Balaturim says. That just begs the question. He doesn't relate to it, but where's Taros? You want to say it's a reference to all of Torah Shabbat Peh and it's all of Shas Mishnai, it's wonderful. But why is it only five out of six? You just couldn't fit in the other one. So it doesn't work. So Zakunim is only five letters. So where's Taros? So Rav Chaim Kenevsky, here in Taim of the Krah, says, Hadlo nimne gamseder Taros b'shem de'isa, eni zocher ka'es makomo. Because I'm not sure of which sefer. So if he doesn't remember, not so much hope for all of us. But he says, I'm not sure where I saw it. But he quotes from somewhere, 
Kachim and Taras were originally unified. One Seder. We don't know what Betchila means. We have, Rabbi Yudanasi has six Sedarim. Right? We know there were some Mesechtas that were unified. All the Babas were one uh, Mesechta. But here he says that maybe Kachim and Taras, which again, conceptually, they're connected. Kachim and Taras, they're the unique areas of Alacha, that there's no parallel in the, in the, uh, in the modern world. So he says, originally they were together. That's why he's put together. Okay, <clears throat> interesting. Let's continue. Says the Pasuk. Lamed Zion, they throw Yosef into the pit. Lamed Zion, Chavtalid. And we have the famous comment of Chazal on the pit. The Torah tells us, they took, Yossi's brothers took him, they took off his uh, clothes and his kutones, they threw him into the pit, and they threw him into the pit, it was empty, there was no water. So Rashi quotes the Gemara in Masech Shabbos. What does it mean, it was empty, there was no water? Obviously, if it was empty, there was no water. Right? That's what empty means. So what does it mean? Says Rashi, There were snakes and scorpions. There was no water. It was empty from water. But there were snakes and scorpions. There is a tremendous amount of literature written on this. How could they not have seen? Right? It must be that it was less than 20, more than 20 amos. That's connected to Hanukkah. But So one thought that we have not mentioned before from Rav Sarutskin in the Aznayim Latour. Says Rav Sarutskin, Hamikra Balashmienu, we learn a Musar Haskel from the way the Torah says this. Again, the Torah says there was no water. The Torah does not say there were snakes and scorpions. That's implied. What it says about the pit is no water. What's implied about the pit is that it has snakes and scorpions. Was it a good thing that the pit didn't have any water? Ain't Bomayim? Yes. It was a good thing. Yosef would have drowned. Right? How long could he tread water for? So it was a good thing that there was no water. It was a bad thing. It was a dangerous thing that there were Nechashim V'akrabim in it. What was said explicitly and what was implied? Says Rev Saratskin, Hamikra Bala Hashmienu, Shahabor, Shenishlach Elav Yosef, it had a Maila, it had something positive about it, and a Chisaron. Maila, there was no water, which was good for Yosef. Right, the Maila is explicit. As we know, there was no water, but there were more. But that's not said mafurish. So when the Torah wants to talk about a pit, it says the positive things explicitly and the negative things implicitly. It says if Saratskin, if that's how we talk about a pit, Kalvachomer, that's how we should talk about other people. Say the good things explicitly. You have to say something, say it loud and clear. Say the positives. If there's anything negative, Better not to say it, but if you have to say it for some reason, imply it. Don't say it, Beferish. The imbaborkach beben adam al achas kama vekama sha'aleinu l'saper b'shivcho b'safa brura v'pemole 
go out of your way, pemale. Amazing, just, just a chazal that we know. The Torah says that what's good about the pit is loud and clear. And it keeps the mum of the pit impl- implied. And that's what we should do. And we should follow along with that. Good. Moving right along as we get to the almost the actual sale. So they sit down, they throw it into the pit, as we just read, they sit to eat bread, they see, they lift up their eyes, they see an archas yishma'elam coming, filled with spices. Yudah says to his brothers, Why should we kill our brother and cover his blood? Right, they see yishma'elam, they say, okay, let's sell them to the Ishmaelim. What's the next Pasik? Midyanim Socharim walked by and they picked Yosef up and they sold him. Right, that, that's the Rashban that we mentioned earlier. Right, all of a sudden, the Ishmaelim are out of the picture. The Midyanim picked him up and they sold Yosef to the Ishmaelim. So you have to rework, rework it according to the traditional interpretation that the brothers did the actual selling. Okay. But let's go back to Pasach Havav. Yehuda says to his brothers, Mabetza kinaro gesachinu what, what does betza mean? Usually betza means profit. Right? What profit is there for us to kill our brother and cover his blood? What the, how do those last three words fit in? Right? What do you mean? Cover his blood. What did that have to do with ma betza? Kinarogesachinu. So says the Beis HaLevi, source number seven, maybe this Pasuk is saying a twofold point by Yehuda. Whenever a punishment is given, it's in one of two purposes, one of two worlds, why there would be a an onesh. Number one is revenge. I want to punish you because, I mean, it's an Avera to take revenge, but why would there be an act of onesh? Revenge. You did something to me, I want to get you back. If it's that purpose, then it could even be done in private. Right? I, there's nothing to show anybody. I want to get you back. Revenge doesn't have to be in public. But there's another reason why an onish might be given. Maybe the onesh is so that other people see it and they don't follow and do the same mistakes. like the Pasuk says in Dvarim, Right, the Gemara says there, in Sanhedrin Dafetes, Dalid Srichin Hachraza. There were four people that we punished, and we make announcements before they're punished. Because the point isn't just to punish them, but to have them be a lesson for others. But that type of punishment, obviously, has to be in public, because that's the whole purpose. So that all know So that everybody knows. So that's the nafkamina between one and two. Right? Way number one can be in private. Way number two has to be in public. So it says the Beis Alevi, Yehuda is referencing both of those possibilities. Number one, pure revenge. It's not really appropriate amongst brothers. Even... Right, brothers that didn't like each other, 
Number one, is, it's not really appropriate. Even if your brother sins against you, as the saying goes. But if it's a punishment based on what other people should learn from it, even your brother. If it's for tikana olam, to better other people's behavior, so then, even if it's a brother. Right, if others see that even the brother is not showing favoritism and letting it go, so surely, wow, what a, what a, uh, a message. So now we read the Pasuk. What does Yehuda say? Mabetza kinaro gesachinu vichisinu esdamo. So mabetza, what are we going to get out of this? Neither one's going to work. Why? Number one, kinaro gesachinu. He's our brother. If he's our brother, number one doesn't work. He's our brother. We should, we should, we should be flexible. We should be mochel. He's our brother. And number two, we're going to have to hide this. We're going to have to hide this because we can't do that to our father. So number two is not an option. That's why Yehuda says, either way, killing him is not acceptable. Number one, he's our brother. That's the first phrase. Number two, it shouldn't become known. Nobody's going to know about it. Therefore, Yehuda convinces them, not worth it, let's just throw him into the pit. Right? Fine. Okay. Let's talk, the next uh, thought is really a transition thought. Because it's from the parsha, but it's about Hanukkah as well, and then we'll have one or two thoughts relating to Hanukkah, to Hanukkah proper. Next thought is from the Bas Ayin. Bas Ayin. Um, I lived in uh, lived in Svat for a little bit, uh, but the Bain here has a deeper understanding to the Psukim by Yehuda and Tamar. Yehuda and Tamar. Remember the Psukim? He quotes it here at the beginning. After the story of the, the first two sons that died, after three months that Yehuda and Tamar had been together, you had Tamar, your daughter-in-law has been Mizane, Vagam, Hine Harolas Nunim, she's pregnant, Vayama Yuda Hotsiovitisaref, right? Take her out, she's Chayevis Misa. And she sends to him, Well, the man who owns these items, he's the one who made me pregnant. Hakerno Lumihachosemes, Vahapsilim, Vahamate Hoela. Right? Whoever owns these Chotemes, Psilim and Mate. Vayakri Yuda, Tsarkamibeni. And we know the story. So the Basayin quotes the Arizal, the Arizal from Svat, that maybe the story of Hanukkah is alluded to in these Psukim, which is always around the time, Shabbos or pre-Shabbos Hanukkah. So here's the pre-Shabbos. We, we always stretch the Chasimah because we're Jews, so we always want to say, oh, it's never too late. Right? So we think that Yom Kippur is the end, and then we think Hoshana Rab is the end, and then we think Hanukkah is the end. Right? We keep going until next year, Rosh Hashanah. But, right, we just try to, we try to stretch it. So, Zos Hanukkah, there's a lot of, right? Up until Hanukkah. So that's the Ari. So, it's Rumaz in Chadashim. After three months. It's been a few months. Mishlosh Chadashim. Right? Tishrei Cheshvan Kislev. If you include. 
Mishlosh Chadashim, it's been three months since the time by Yugav Yehuda. It's told to Yehuda. Yehuda. Yehuda is, is Malchus. Yehuda has Yudke Vavke in it with a Dalit. Isn't it interesting that many times when we want to write Shem Hashem, some people use a Hey, some people use a Dalit. Why is the Dalit Shem Hashem? So some say maybe it's from Yehuda because Yehuda is like Shem Hashem with Shem Hashem in it. That's the one letter that's not Shem Hashem. And that's why you could write it. But either way, on a deeper level, after three months it was told to Yehuda. It was told to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Zansa Tamar Kalasecha. Your daughter, your daughter of Tamar, B'nai Yisrael of Nimshel is the Tamar. Tzadikah Tamar Yifrach. Tamar hasn't been so great. Right? It's been a few months. We still haven't, we still haven't improved. We still haven't changed. And what is Vayom Yehuda? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Kaviyachol. Hotziyu v'tisa reif. Right? Maybe, maybe, maybe there's, maybe they're deserving a punishment. Maybe they're deserving a punishment. B'nai Yisrael say, no, no, no. You're listening to the Satan. He goes more. He goes into it. He says, no. You know who caused me to sin? Pirish. Who made me pregnant? Right? You think I'm Znus? No, I'm connected to this person who made me pregnant. Pirish. MSE, line 17. We're connected to Hashem. What are these items? Sometimes, sometimes we falter and we sin. It's because of the Tirdas Hasman and Parnassah and all things that, that make our lives difficult. But Pepinimius, we're connected to you, Hashem. We're connected to you. And what's the Raya that we're connected to you? Look at these things. The Chosemes, the Psilim and the Mate. What are those three things? Chosemes, what does that remind us of this time of year? Chotam bechotamu shel kohen gadol. The chosemes, the oil with the chotam on it. The ptilim, the wicks, the mate, the cleave that holds, the chanukiyah, the menorah. Right? Mate, hamates, it's gematria cleave. says, the Chanukah, the near Chanukah shows that we're connected to you, Hashem, and we'll never leave you. Last line. Mitzvah's near Chanukah. Shachna v'kaimim ke mitzvah's ritzon ha'kadosh. He raya mefureshes. On the back. Shachna v'holchim rakacha ritzon We're connected. We're connected to you. You know that from the nace of Chanukah. What does Hashem answer? Vayakar Yehuda. Hashem recognizes. Vayomer tzadka mimeni. Shabari barach shmo. Mode lahem shehim atzodkim. Why? And what does Yehuda say? Ki alkein lo nisatia l'sheila b'ni. Who's Sheila? Shiloh. Shiloh's Mashiach. We know that from Parshas Vayechi. I know it's, it's because it's so long in this galus. Alkein lo nisatia l'sheila b'ni. I haven't given them over. Mashiach said kenu. And that's, they have an excuse. They have an excuse and it's so difficult. And the galus is so terrible. So even in these psukim, we have a reference to Klal Yisrael Defending themselves. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepting, saying, Sad kamimani, right, Ad ki alken lo nasadil l'sheila b'ni, sheila marames al-Mashiach, al-Mashiach tzadkein. Okay. Moving right along to two thoughts about Hanukkah itself. There's a question that many ask, we'll learn it this year from the Svasemes. Why does Hidr Mitzvah play such a role on Hanukkah? Right, there's no other mitzvah that has institutionalized extra. Okay, chauffeur. But even chauffeur, even chauffeur, you know, we, we could, if we have to do it for someone, we do 30. 
That might be a, a parallel. And the Gemara asked that question. Why do we blow shofar so, so much? Might be a parallel. But here it's institutionalized. Everybody does it. We don't just do Nerishu Beso. So why is that? So says the Svasemis. What does the Gemara say in Shabbos? The story of Hanukkah, Davchaf Aleph. It says the whole story that they were looking and they only found one little pach, one little cruise of oil. It only had enough to light one, Nasa Lones, and it lit eight days. That's the It was, had the signet of the Kohen Gadol? Since when did the bottles of oil on the base of Migdash all have the signet of the Kohen Gadol? What, the Kohen Gadol? There must have been tens and hundreds of bottles of oil in the base of Migdash. If not thousands, I mean, for every carbon mincha, kimat, Needs, needs oil. So they found one with the chosam of the Kohen Gadol. So, so what does that mean? Not every bottle had the chosam of the Kohen Gadol on it. Says the Sfasemis, you know what it must have been? It must have been the oil that was going to be used for the special mincha of the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol brought a flower carb on a carbon mincha every single day. The mincha's chavitin. So this oil must have been from that carbon. Because he didn't put his signet on stam oil that's used in the in the base of Megdash. So it must have been oil that was noad, line 11, for the Kohen Gadol's mincha every day. Says Asfasemis, but wait a minute. The mincha's chavitin, a regular carbon mincha, whether of the Kohen Gadol or of anybody else, doesn't need the oil that the menorah needs. The menorah needs Shemin Zayzach, Kasas Lamar. The Gemara says, you need the highest level oil, right? The, the first oil out of the tree, specially crushed. So the, the Kohen Gadol didn't use that, didn't have to use that for the Minchas Chavitin. Says this Fasemis, you know what it must mean then? The Kohen Gadol was Mahader. He didn't have to use the super duper oil for his Minchas Chavitin, but he did. And that's why this bottle, which was designated for the Chavitin, was able to be used for the menorah, and it was Shemin Zayezach. So in the nace itself, in the story of the nace itself, says the Svasemes, is the fact that the Kohen Gadol was Mahadir in the mitzvah. We parallel that, Chazal parallel that, in institutionalizing Neiris Hanukkah by having us Mahadir in the mitzvah. And that's what he writes in the end of source number 10, and that's why we also are Mahader, just like the Kohen God. One. Finally, the final point to mention in, uh, for this year's year. There's a Gemara, tells a story, we pick it up in the middle of the story. I didn't give you the whole story, and about a Zara on Daf Yudches. Gemara tells us a story that there was, there was somebody in jail, and Rameir was going to, to get him out of jail, and Rameir was bribing the guard, right, to get him out of jail. And Rameir says, gave him some money, and said, here, half of this is for you, as a bribe, and half of this is for anybody who comes to you, you can pay them off. Pay them off, don't tell them what happened. You know, it's, uh, it'll be okay. But the guard then says, that's what he says on the, the end of line one. Amalei shakal tirkava de dinra palga palachu palga levi lach. Amalei vechishalim ma'evid. 
But what happens when it finishes? I'm, I'm going to use some of the money to bribe them, but they're going to come back. What do I do then? Amarlay, Cesare Mayer, I'll give you the magic words. Ema Elaka de Mayer Aneni. Just say, may the God of Mayer save me, umitzelis, and you'll be saved. You'll be saved. Amarlay, Miyamar de Hakiicha. Who says that's going to work, says the guard. The guard doesn't know who Rebbe Meir is. Amrle Hashlachazis. Try it. Try it. And that's what he did. Habihanu Kalbi Davika Achli and she, there were two dogs in the area that kept uh, attacking people. Shako Kalashadabu. So he wants to try it. He takes a, a clod of earth and throws it at the dogs to annoy the dogs. Habikazil Michle, they're on their they're jumping on they're on the way to eat him. Amar he says, Elaka de Meir Aneni. Shavkua, and they left him alone. Fiyavile, and that was it. And later on, they found out he was about to be hanged, and he was safe from being hanged. Okay, that's the story. Ask the Marsha. Ask the Marsha. How did Rameer do this? Rashi even says that you're not supposed to connect Shem Hashem to a living person. Right? We say, Pachad Yitzchak. Okay, Avram, Pachad Yitzchak, we learn in the Parsha. So, Elaka de Meir Aneni? So, how was that? How was that allowed? So, the Marsha has two pshat. Number one, the Marsha says, maybe... He's not talking about himself. Elaka to Hameir Laaretz Aneni. It's referring to Hashem. Hashem should save me. Meir doesn't just mean a person. A person could be called Meir, but it's referring to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Elaka to Meir Laaretz v'Ladarim Aleihu Yaneinu. Number one. Or says Rabbi Meir, or it says the, says the Marsha. Elaka de Meir Lanu Bamalchus Yavan Hakodemes Benesanei Shel Chanukah. What Rameir was telling him, Davin to the God that saved us through the candles, through the Nes of Chanukah. Invoke the Nes of Chanukah, and you'll be saved. Many Svarim write that every holiday that comes throughout the year, it's in the Bria, is in the essence of the holiday, the power to do miracles. And whenever Pesach comes, it's in the essence to be freed. And when Kabbalah Satara comes, Shavuos, it's in the essence of the time. It's in the essence of these days of Hanukkah for miracles to happen. Whether it's military miracles, whether it's supernatural with the light, whether it's the ability to burn longer than, than natural. But that's what's in these days. And the Marsha says on the Gemara of Zara, this special power of tefillah invoking the days of Hanukkah and we'll add especially on the days of Hanukkah on the days of Hanukkah the power of tefillah the Alhanisim there are so many Yeshuos Verafuos that Klai Yisrael need personally, nationally so many people are in need of salvations physical salvations emotional salvations psychological salvations there's so much that we need Hanukkah is such a time that we all have to daven for each other. We all have to make sure that we use these days and say, Elaka de Meir Aneni. Elaka de Meir, as the, the, the Marsha says, Elaka de Meir Lanu. B'machaz Yaman HaKodemes B'nei Sanira Shal Hanukkah. Hashem Shebed Hashem. Listen to our tefillos and bring us Geulos and Yeshuos. Okay, we'll stop here.